And another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Bethany Duran alongside Josh Tolley and Ricky Romero. And guys, before we get going, we do do this show live on YouTube. We get a couple people watching us that are at work. And uh, right now we had some technical difficulties and we figured it out. And I didn't think anybody was watching us, right? Because I don't advertise that we're doing the podcast live. But I do put it out on the YouTube live just because... It's a way easier for me to record and edit afterwards instead of having to chop it up and all that. So, so anyways, I just get a text right now from a loyal viewer who I didn't know was a loyal viewer. I'm not going to say her name because she should be at work. It says, some of us have real jobs and are trying to time this in a, in, to listen in a timely manner. Can you please start the podcast? Followed with, is Ricky scared to start the podcast because he doesn't want to hear it? Go Rams in the comments or what? Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition hey. of Let's Go Ricky Road. <laughs> Like I said, if I didn't talk shit to you, <laughs> zip it. My goodness. Like, <laughs> we got some savage people there. And right. I, didn't, I didn't know she's listening. And I'm not going to say who she is because she's an executive and she has a real important job. Uh, but And she does payroll. So, like, damn, man. Like, thank you for the support. Hello. By the way, good morning to you and your husband who are watching with us right now. So, how are you guys doing? Damn, we're getting chirped early. Not That's how we like it on this show, guys. That's how we like it. I thought we were we were done with the game. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> what, oh, what, happened? But... what what happened? Oh man! <laughs> even even my wife yes last night. I was sitting there like kind of you know when you just space space out, and she's like, "Hey, hey!" She's like, "Oh my goodness, you're thinking about the game, huh?" I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. Bro, I, I I I even like my mom is all of a sudden a Rams fan, and she was FaceTiming me, and I said, "Please, mom, stop calling me. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to say the wrong things to anybody. I don't want to fight anybody. Uh, just please, like, I'm I'm really pissed off. Like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's what I said. Guy, you're I, that into this. You're that bro, into this. I'm a diehard man. I I love it. I I yeah. All right. There's there, there's certain guys that I can take shit from. Um, obviously, Razo is one of them. He's <laughs> oh. a man, and him and I go at it all the time. And dude, I mean, it's just three years of the Niners whooping their ass, and the one game that matters, like those that those three those three years of ass whoopings that they got, don't mean shit now because the Rams are going to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, so. <laughs> He let me have it. I'm sure Beth is going to show the video. Um, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? I actually didn't really get that many text messages because, again, I don't engage in that kind of like, oh, my team's better than yours. Your team sucks. I don't. I don't engage like that. But with Brazo, it's it's different. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. It was just. It's a. It was uh, last week Tuesday. You put the fear in God in everybody. God. That's why I didn't reach out. <laughs> And there's another one I can take shit from Ace, like like because he's a good sport, man. He he really is. He's he he dishes it out and he handles it well. And yeah, and he still hasn't let it go. This morning he's still texting about like how are my feelings and this and that. And yeah, man. I mean it, it's all in fun. Like Car Carl, my wife was like, why can't anybody make fun of you? You would have been making fun. I was like, no, I, I there was there was one guy that I was gonna target if the Niners won. And it was going to be Raza. And that was it. I was going to target his ass and I was going to rip him in half. But he's got the upper hand right now. And, yeah, I've been hearing it all day yesterday. He's 
sending he sent me the whole uh, uh, uh josh have you seen uh friday the movie friday yeah well you know the whole devo thing devo samuel he's crying at the end and he's like guess what ricky Debo got knocked the fuck out. That's what he said. To me, and I'm like, oh, the guy's crying. Come on, man. Come on. But, but there's the same thing, man. And I would have done the same thing. So, yeah, it's all, it's all good. And you know what? The, the worst part about it, and I told him, Beto, that if he sees you this week, he's got to hand over the equipment. I, I told him I have to, I have, I have okay. to wear a jersey. In a helmet. Okay, so let's just next let's, podcast next Tuesday. Let's get this out of the way here. Uh, it is the Let's Go Ricky Road podcast. We do talk about baseball eventually, maybe sometimes. But as we've told you, we're evolving this year, and we're just gonna talk about everything. And it's basically three guys who don't see each other, and one of them lives in upstate New York. One lives in like Columbia or wherever you may be right now, Ricky, in your other house. And I'm just in a garage with the, the, the sheet behind me, right? So that's what we're doing here, and we're just having fun with it. And just warning right now, if you're listening with your kid in the car right now, and usually it is a family-friendly show, today there's going to be a lot of cuss words. Um, not from Ricky, just from the videos that I'm going to be playing, because my goodness. So I work for CBS. My job this weekend was to cover the game on social media for the CBS Sports account. I didn't have to do it. We weren't doing a show uh, because the game was on Fox. So I'm there at the parking lot, and I, Razo, who is a good friend of the show, and you know, works for Golden Boy as a matchmaker, and hardcore Rams fan, a man when he got married 20 years ago on the bottom of his shoes said, go Rams, because he got married during Pro Bowl weekend. Like, that's how hardcore a Rams fan he is. He has a great tailgate. He sets up on Saturday totally in the parking lot, and it turns out he's the first one in there because he has a great spot. The Fort LA 49ers Booster Club set up right across from him. The entire row with nothing but 49er fans. So I tagged Ricky, I tagged Sergio Romo, and everybody's like, yeah, everybody's having a good time, 49ers. And Rosal's there cooking, fucking 49ers fans. Fuck, fucking, rah, rah, just in a, in a power, piss, piss poor mood, right? And the tacos still came out good, but you could tell they, wasn't, they weren't made with love this time. There they was a little extra. Mad. Shouldn't be mad. There's like 10 LA Rams fans. Let's, let's be serious. Let's be serious. No, there's no real LA Rams. Fan. Okay. My mom ain't a real LA Rams fan. So as the Let's game progresses, I, look, I don't have a team. I troll whoever and I'm the mush and, you know, I picked the Rams and they won, but you know, whatever. But people were sending me messages. Oh, podcast on Tuesday. What are you going to say to Ricky? What's Ricky going to do? Gonna, like, Hey, let the guy have his mom. Let him be upset right now. That being said, Tolly, let's just get this out of the way right now. This video was sent to me numerous times, and I saw this video happen. All right, close your ears if you got little kids. This is Javier Razo's video. If you're watching on YouTube, it's perfect. To Razo. So let me set the scene. He's at his seats in section 227. He is wearing an Isaac Bruce jersey, and he found a helmet. Where? I don't know, but he found a helmet. This is after the game. He's the message he sends to Ricky. Let's go. Let's go. Fucking Ricky. Give me that money, motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that video kills me, man. Oh, hammer. He he was tailgating since 10:30. The gate that was probably around 7:38. Um, mind you, I'm on the field while the players are celebrating, and I look up to Rosal's section. And I grab the photographer, you know, a real professional photographer, and I see Roswell and his crew there. I have the photographer, and I see a guy in a helmet. I'm like, who's this stupid guy wearing a helmet right now? And I'm like, oh, those are my friends. 
So I'd gather the photographer to have him take a picture, and I'm calling Rosal over and over and over, turn around, turn around. He's like, rah, 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 rah. That's all he says to me, rah, 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 hangs up. And he does his video, and it's perfect. And the photographer turns to me and says, those are your friends? Like, he showed me the, <laughs> the lens from the background. And where did Rosal find a helmet? We have no clue, but he made sure to send it to Ricky. So we apologize for the cursing, kind of. <laughs> The backstory behind that is every time the Niners have beat them, I send them a video <laughs> and I'll them in half because uh, it all started. It started last year. It started last year. It started last year when when I was like, "Hey, watch out for Debo. He's coming." He's like, "Who the fuck is Debo?" And I was like, "Okay." And then obviously we came to find out who Debo was, and it kind of started from there. There's been like uh, maybe three or four videos that I made for him. So he, he got his payback, man. He'd been waiting for that. Oh, Just like he'd been waiting to smoke Debo down the middle of the field. Russell was waiting to smoke me and, and, and he got me, man. Like I said, hey, I'm a good sport. I lost the bet. Uh, I told him I'd wear a helmet. I told him I'd wear the jersey for the podcast. Uh, I told him put the helmet, I'll wear it for the intro and then I'll wear the jersey for the rest of the podcast. Cause he does a podcast with Bethel too. And I was, yeah. that was a bet. If, if, <laughs> if, if, if I were to win, he was going to wear the helmet and a Niner jersey, but. It didn't happen. Yeah, so uh, where are my cookies at? I'm, I'm actually, I've been delivering cookies because my niece, uh, oh, there she is. Uh, my, my niece Maddie is uh, selling Girl Scout cookies. So Rosal, good uncle that he is, supported. So I delivered Girl Scout cookies yesterday. And by the way, thanks to Stocky in, uh, in Canada who just yeah. bought $25 worth of cookies. He's in Canada. He's like, I don't want them. He goes, I'm just going to buy them to support your niece. Sends the money to Ricky. I, I don't know the currency exchange. But, Stocky, I got cookies for you, and I'm going to eat them, so thank you very much. Uh, but on the flip side, <laughs> I go to Rick, I go to Roswell's house to drop off the cookies, right? I'm thinking I'm just making a normal Girl Scout transaction. Here's your bag. Let me drop it off. Fuck yeah, Bethel. I got the jersey. I got the helmet. I'm, I'm like, okay, first of all, hold on. What I told him to sanitize about? that. I was like, I don't want all your your your, uh, your saliva all over that helmet. You better It better be nice and sanitized. He tells me, before even saying thank you for bringing the cookies to me, this is the jersey Ricky's wearing. This is the helmet he's got to wear. I'm like, first of all, what are you talking about? What is going on here on the podcast? He's got to wear it. I'm like, Rosal, breathe here, bro. The game was two days ago. He goes, okay, okay, okay. On your podcast, we made a bet that Ricky has to wear the helmet and the jersey the entire show. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, I think I'm a third of this show. Maybe I don't want Ricky wearing Ram stuff the entire time. You know, maybe here. But he's so adamant that next Tuesday, Ricky has to wear a Rams jersey the entire podcast. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Not the helmet. Not the helmet. Not the helmet? No helmet? I right. just for the intro, I told him. I can't wear that. That helmet hurts. <laughs> All right. One more time, Roz. I know you're watching right now. Here it is. Uh, once again, cover your kids' ears. This is from the NFC Championship game. Let's go! Let's go! Fucking Ricky! Give me that money, motherfucker! Let's go! No! Hey, but, but let's be serious. This is who I'm going with. Super Bowl pick. Smoking Joe, baby. Oh! Right, tell him. Fuck the Rams. I'm going Bengals. Go Bengals. Double or nothing. Double or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you're such a good instigator. I love oh, it. Man. I love it, Tony. You're anyway. such a good... All right. Yeah. But, yeah, also, I'm just trying to figure out, 
you know, at SoFi Stadium, it's so hard to get anything in there. You have to have a clear bag policy, everything else. How the hell did they get a helmet inside the stadium? But that's another thing for another day, all that other good stuff. So, Ricky, we're sorry about your 49ers. Uh, <clears throat> it's a heck of a run, a good season. They went after it. Uh, I was there, and there was a lot of 49er fans, and it was kind of quiet after the game, but it was a heck of a game back and forth. Uh, good times. And now, Ricky, you don't have to worry about spending $10,000 to watch the 49ers in the Super Bowl. You're good. Yeah. Save you money. Yeah. <laughs> we can, yeah, we can go to New York and visit Totally now. I don't yeah. even think I want to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> we can get, you know what? Yeah, any, you any, the Rams, man. Anybody, like, <laughs> oh, like, golly. 10 point lead, 10 minutes to go. <sighs> so, um, that, that was sad. So, the Romero house has been pretty, uh, pretty normal the last couple of days, huh? Yeah, I think my wife is happy that I just got knocked off. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, no, but, you know, all in good fun. Uh, yeah. You know, this is what sports is all about, you know. Even, like, my dad's calling me. Like, my, my dad's like, hey, are you okay? Like, hey, it's just a game. Like, you know, it's just a game. Like, they'll be, be next year. <laughs> Wait till next year. The infamous last words. Oh, every man. professional sports team. Yeah. Again, uh, like I said, all in good fun. Every, this is what sports should be all about. Um, when when you have fun like that, and you have people to troll and people who troll you, and you got to be able to take the heat. So. Yeah, just like Dan Shulman took it with the Packers, you're taking it with the Rams. There yeah. you go, well, Tolly. How are you been? What you up to? Just awaiting the next big ice storm coming. Oh. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. This weekend, pretty big one. What does that mean? <laughs> What's an uh, ice? Like they're talking about an inch, a half inch of ice, inch of ice, meaning like instead of it coming down in rain or snow, it comes down in icicles. Oh, just, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, Rick, with about six, with six inches of snow behind it. You can't even be outside for that, can you? Well, you, yeah, no, you can't drive. No way you can drive. So that's what we got to look forward to this week. Ooh, man, it's so, going to be this Rick, Saturday. It's going to be 68, man. Bundle up. I love it. I have a buddy in Florida. I have a buddy in Florida. He he was playing golf, and he had his, like, he had his toque on, dressed in long sleeve. I checked the weather. It was like 60 degrees. <laughs> it, gets, <laughs> hey, it gets cold. It, it gets a little chilly in the morning. Well, when you're used to it. Yeah, when you're I, not I wore, used to it. I wore pants the other day to golf. It was like 60. Yeah, I, I'm right there. <laughs> All right. All right, so here we go, Rick. Uh, you had a pretty cool moment this past weekend. Cal State Fullerton had their alumni weekend. What was that like for you? It was good, man. It's always good to go back. Um, that's one thing I try not to miss. Every year we go back um, and we get a good turnout. Um, so many Titans, you know, from all ages, man. It's crazy the, the turnout that we get. They had a, the Augie Garrido yeah. uh, statue unveiling. Um, that was pretty cool. I wasn't there for that. Um, because uh, it was earlier in the day, but I got to see it. It's really cool. Um, the, the the Cal State Fullerton Titans baseball team just got a brand new like clubhouse and offices. That little building you see behind that statue right there. Yeah. Now they have a clubhouse there. Our clubhouse used to be the size of like a tiny little place, probably the size of your garage, Beto. Oh, Maybe taller than that. And that's where we would get dressed. But you know, it's pretty cool to see. You know, um, obviously when 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 we were there, we didn't care. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. I was like, whoa, a clubhouse with your jersey on it? Like, are you kidding me? Coming from Roosevelt High School, uh, East LA kid that you know didn't know any better. That was cool. But 
you know, I feel like we we paved the way for for for, for stuff like this. And um, obviously, Fullerton has had a tough time the past few years. Um, and we're hoping they, that uh, Jason Dietrich, who's a new head coach there, um, gets these guys back to 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 where they belong. Cal State Fullerton is a blue collar type school, and and we've always recruited blue type collar uh, players, and and hopefully they get back to where they belong. The the World Series that was that was the big thing. And again, we get like what was it like a a hundred, a hundred and thirty guys come back uh, from Phil Nevin to Mark Kotze, Matt Chapman. Uh, uh, Michael Lorenzen, myself, Shane Costa, just a lot of former big leaguers, a lot of guys that wow. love being Titans and, and, and they come back. Yeah, man, it, it's such a good turnout. They put a keg in the, in the, in the pose in, in our dugout or in the back, not in the dugout, but in the back, they're cooking food for us. And, you know, they just treat us as, as best as they can. And it, it's always, like I said, you, you sit there and you reminisce about all the stories and, and all the, the cool things that happened when we were in school. I mean, we, for me, it was a crazy experience because when I was there, we went to the World Series two out of the three years with one national championship. Um, and my class, if I would have stayed another year, we would have made I would have made it three out of four years. So we, we were pretty successful and we have so many stories. So when we get together, um, and, you know, I can't forget Noy Ramirez, too. He was there, too, and like always. But again. It was cool, man. It was, it was good to go, be back at Goodwin Field. Um, I wish I was in throwing shape so that I can actually get on the mound and face these guys. Come on. But, Come on. But, yeah, no. You, I, didn't, I just, you didn't pitch? Oh, man. No. Would you hit, at least? No, no, no. I just sat there and no, had a those big of- hitters, yeah, they don't let you hit. We should have known that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. So, it, it's cool, man, when, when you get those guys. Like, you know, it's cool to see Mark Kotze, uh, Nevin, all those old school dudes come back. And, and yeah. be a part of this. I mean, that's how much it means to be to be part of the Cal State Fullerton baseball program. And, and you see the younger guys, you know, guys that have been called up to the big leagues this past year, um, guys that are superstars in like a Matt Chapman, for example, and and guys like that. They, they all come back. They have a good time, and they're just part of the part of the club. And and that's that's what it's all about to be. In a long and how many of those guys are coming on the podcast? We can get. I mean, we can do it. Right, we can cool. do it. See, you should have told me I would have been there with the, handing out stickers. Like, all right, here you go. You're coming on this day, this day, this day, and this day. Let's go. See, you're too busy yeah. telling stories about being an All-American and playing Team USA. I would have been over there like, hey, man, here, you're oh, coming we, on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Horton um, was there too. And, cool. and, and telling cool stories like how we, you know, when we won the national championship, I was like, remember, Coach, when – because so totally when we were – my sophomore year, we won the championship, but we were so bad. And we went to University of Texas and played, and we got absolutely smoked, who was the team that we faced in the national championship. And then uh, we were getting done. We're getting out of the clubhouse, and one of their, the Texas coaches says, hey, coach, we'll see you in Omaha. And Coach Horton replies, yeah, we'll be watching on TV. <laughs> I was like, That's what did he just say? So I, like, gather up the group, and I was like, you know what? Like screw what he has to say. We're, this guy just said that we're not. We're, we'll be watching from TV, dude. And then it just fired us up, and we. And then he, I tell, I told him the story. He's like, dude, I remember it perfectly. He's like, it, there's a, there was a method to my madness. I was making sure somebody was listening so that you guys would, would Wait, listen. And, can Horton and figure out a, a computer? That's unbelievable. Uh, I'm sure he can. Dude. Right, yeah, we gotta I, get, we gotta get George Horton on the podcast. I want to hear the, I want to hear his side of the stories. Like if Ricky, yeah, man. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of stories, man. Like from 
uh, we needed to win one game against Long Beach State. They had Weaver uh, on Friday, had Ramos on Saturday, and they had Jason Vargas on Sunday. And we needed to get win one game just to to win the Big West. And he decided he's like, well, we're probably his thought process. I was we're going to lose to Weaver on Friday, so let's put Jason Windsor on Saturday because Windsor was the best pitcher in the country along with Weaver at the time. But they didn't want him facing each other because they just didn't want to risk losing. So they kind of flipped the whole rotation before practice. They told us this and. <laughs> And then uh, everyone was pissed, man. Everyone was like, what the hell is going on? Like, what, what, Why are we scared all of a sudden? So he stopped practicing. And he's like, hey, do you guys have something to say? And one of our captains spoke up and said, yeah, like we should keep the rotation the way it is. And he said, so then sure enough, Friday night, Windsor, Weaver, were losing one nothing with two outs in the ninth inning. And and he said, he told me the story on Saturday. He's like, I'm in my mind, I'm saying these motherfuckers tricked me into doing this and now we're going to lose one nothing like i thought we were going to lose and base hit uh double down the line brett pill who made it to the big leagues with the giants um and then our third baseman comes in jam shot ties the game we win the game in 10 innings jason windsor put the 10 innings we went two to one dude it was the That's greatest the, the, the the craziest jared weaver only in college was unbelievable like unbelievable and he i mean it was dude he he was as advertised nasty he was mean on the mound he didn't care who it was dude they had us beat and that weekend we go and sweep long beach and, and the rest is history you know but yeah it's just funny now two to one we beat him that's cool the, the alumni <clears throat> games always go back and you look at them you're like uh, hey, even for me my ragtag one for high school i'm gonna go this weekend I'm not going to play, but I'm going to go take my 18-pack and teach these young kids. Like, you show up with an 18-pack and you make sure you have your red cup. Like, I teach these kids how to drink in high school. Man. I'm going, I'm going Friday. <laughs> I'm going Sunday. I'm going to the Roosevelt one. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they asked me if I can come out there to throw out the first pitch. So, I'm going to – Come on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, cut those high school – hey, cut those high school kids out, Rick. Go after them. Play? You can no, still, you can come still on. pitch. Come on, Rick. You got it. No. Just go out there and be like, all right, who's the best hitter? You, and just hit him. Josh, you know what my biggest fear is? Me, like, twisting a knee, tearing something, and then coming home and saying, and Carl saying, oh, you wanted to play? Well, here's three kids. You figure it out. Yeah, you know, yeah be, limp, be limping around the house. Exactly. Yeah, you're, I not, just, you're not a spring chicken. No, I'm not. <laughs> so, hey, Mike, it's funny that this conversation was brought up because Mike Nickius – um, an old teammate of mine went to Westlake, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just had their studs. They just had their, yeah. They just had their uh, alumni game, and he sends me videos of him hitting homers. So I, I before we got on the podcast, I was just speaking with him, and I said, "Slugger." I said, "Wait, wait, you're not calling him Slugger." Yeah, I called. Him. That's my guy. <laughs> oh, you gotta go him on, by the way. Player. Yeah, I sh- we should have just dialed it in today. Yeah. Uh, He's, uh, he, he says, dude, like I had no worries of getting out. I swung at every pitch and I swung as hard as I could. And I was launching balls out of the ballpark. <laughs> if we could just have that mindset when we played, <laughs> who knows where we would be. Uh, how did he feel today, though? That's what I want to know. He said he, he, he caught, too. He's in, he golf. He's in golf. Yeah, he's in golf shape. He's fine. He's 38. Uh, he's all right. Oh, yeah, he played- golfer, right, Josh? Huh? Hell of a golfer too, right? 
hell of a golfer. I flew him in for member guests. Well, he, he flew himself in for member guests, but. Really? Yeah. Is he pretty even? Yeah. I mean, he's a, yeah, he's, he's better than a scratch golfer. Oh, Jesus. Damn. Mike yeah. Nicky is Canadian too. Yeah, and he's yeah. like he's Canadian, he's British, he's got like eight passports. One yeah. of the most interesting men in baseball. Hey, hey totally. Just nobody let, knows. Totally, just let you know really that is, dude. it really is. Yeah, we gotta really get him out, get him on, and totally just let you know that yeah. area where he grew up, Westlake. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Like, was it like Roosevelt? <laughs> I was about to make a class joke, but I'm gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> I want to get him on because I'm interested to hear why he chose Georgia Tech when the Southern California schools were at the top during that time. So I'm I'm curious. Yeah, let's get him on. Let's get him on. Yeah, we'll get him on. All right, so here we go. As as you guys know, we have a new features now. Uh, Totally time. The rant is coming up later on. Are you you have one, Totally? Yeah, I was ready. I was, I was ready okay. before you guys were ready. We don't need it right now, but we have the feature where we give these guys two different topics and we talk about it. And good response last week. People really liked it, engaged with it. Still don't have a name. It's not going to be turn two. It's not going to be double header. It's not going to be something to But we got to get something with the name of two. The first one, though, I'm going to go at you guys. Hall of Fame uh, over the weekend. And here's the video announcement for David Ortiz. Hello. I'm trying to reach David Ortiz, please. This is David Ortiz. Hello, David. This is uh, Jack O'Connell with the Baseball Writers Association of America. I'm calling you from Cooperstown, New York, to let you know that the Baseball Writers have elected you to the National Baseball Hall. Yes! <laughs> so, Big Poppy, David Ortiz, goes to the Hall of Fame, the only one elected this year. <clears throat> that video, Pedro Martinez right over his shoulder, and some of you guys were wondering, uh, well, how does he know that he's going to get the call and he has 8,000 people around him? Now, because voters put their ballot out there, and when voters uh, send in their ballot, they can put, do you want it public? And there's a couple people on Twitter who collect these votes, and then you can kind of gauge who's going to get elected. So David Ortiz was expected, and players are told if they're close to being accepted, the acceptance rate, that... This is what's looking to be like on Hall of Fame Day. If we do call you, this is how it's going to go at this time. And then afterwards, you have to do these interviews, these interviews, these interviews. This is what's going to happen for the next couple of days. So the players are anticipating it. And David Ortiz knew that he had garnered enough votes. Uh, Tolly, we'll start with you. As a catcher, what was it like being around uh, Big Poppy David Ortiz? Well, let me say this first. Um, it's unbelievable watching that video and Ricky can speak to this too. I feel like the moment you get into professional baseball, you want to win world series and that's the end game, whether it's realistic or not. I think it's unbelievable being behind the plate. You have to understand I came from the national league where the extra hitter was the pitcher. So now I go to the American league, we go to Fenway park and David Ortiz is the extra hitter. Um, he was dangerous. I mean, you, (laughs) That was one guy that was not allowed to beat you. And there was a presence in the box and the ball came off his bat different. And it was, um, it's a, I mean, it, it, it was much, it was a different feel as it was Albert Pujols and those type of hitters when they would step in the box. So much deserved to David. Um, I'm glad he got in. I think it's awesome um, to say that I played against him and I, 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 
there's a, a lot of other things that go along with this, but um, I, I think it's exciting for him, and I'm glad it worked out in his uh, in his manner. Rick, yeah, man. I, I mean, shoot, <clears throat> had so many battles. I mean, from my rookie year to my last year in the big league, uh, he was. Yeah, there was that presence that when he got to the box, you knew who he was. You knew what he was capable of. I still remember he hit one of the furthest home runs I probably gave up in my career in Toronto. Um, you know that left, uh, right, center, that little deck area up there, Josh? Yeah. The WestJet deck now. It used to be something yep. else. Well, he went up there on and left like in a blink of an eye. And But I also got him a few times. So, uh, you know, it's, it's those moments where you're – you're proud of it when you get a guy like that out. I, I, you know, catching like it, it's it almost seems like he always came up in like the clutch situations too. Yeah. Man, on first and then you really, really have to get cerebral with him because he was such a smart hitter that he knew what he he knew every time he time he's like, I know what you want to do to me. I know it, you know. But sometimes your stuff is just nasty and you beat me. But other times I see your stuff and that's why I got I get you. So it, it's cool. It was always cool. I always – he's the type of guy that, you know, for – I didn't know him my rookie year, but he came up to me. He gave me a huge hug and congratulations and this and that and took me under his wing. He invited me to, to his golf tournament in the Dominican Republic. We had a great time out there. Just a fun, fun individual and, and a very caring one too. And, and I know he does a lot of stuff off the field doesn't get mentioned and i believe he was a roberto clemente award winner yeah. if i'm not mistaken right he was so, yep yeah so you, you know that that alone is, speaks for itself uh, with the impact he's able to make off the field but what he did on the field was unbelievable and i'm happy for him man and and i'm sure to have pedro there with him not very many dominican guys are in the hall of fame no. so i feel like you're gonna start seeing that trend now um with with a lot of these guys um uh, retiring and 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 it's cool. I mean, again, it, he did a lot for Boston, and th those those Boston teams he was a part of were so dangerous, man. There was nothing more stressful than the night before, knowing that you were going to face them, and then you wake up and you see the lineup, and you're like, oh, boy, here we go. You know, it was like Dustin Pedroia himself, um, Adrian Beltre, Victor Martinez, and just, dude, it was just one through nine was really, really stressful all the time and when you were facing the Boston Red Sox, and he was the, the big part of it, so. Yeah, you mentioned the Dominican Republic. There's four players in the Dominican elected Hall of Fame. Pedro Martinez, Vladimir Guerrero, Juan Marichal, and now David Ortiz. So, wow. That's a, that, that in itself is an incredible stat that I don't know. Like, they didn't really harp on that that much. I, and I watched a lot of the coverage, but four players? four And, and think how many there have been. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's been some good ones, too. I, it's great. It's great for David. I, I think it's freaking awesome. I I mean, much as I said before, much deserved. Yeah, and uh, some of you guys are probably thinking, well, what about this? What about that? Like, we're not going to get into the who didn't get in or the Clemens and the Bonds. and all, Like, that's sports talk radio. Like, go listen to Mike and the Mad Dog. Let them do all that other stuff. There is one guy that I want to see get in, and and that's Fred McGriff. Crime Dog? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. The I mean, dog. dude. Gosh, they, look at those numbers, man, and what he did. And then I know yeah. oh, they put it in the war and this. Dude, the dude hit a shit ton of home runs. And I I, I, I kind of – I, I want to see him, man. I, I mean, he's he's a good dude. And I always thought he was very intimidating until I met him and I had a conversation with him. And I was like, wow, this dude is the funniest dude I've ever met. 
So that's one guy that I hope hopefully one day I know the veterans committee probably. will probably do that. Uh, wait, crime yeah. dog has personality. Tom Amansky, the videos that you would watch late at night, yeah. thrown into the trash Duh. can. Duh. That guy, he has a personality yeah. like that. You didn't, yeah, you didn't do those drills. There's another one too that I, that I feel like um, um, and there was a little bit of rumblings about him this year. And dude, to come up to the big leagues and him be your third baseman in Scott Rowland was yeah, unbelievable to me. Like when when he dude he was a damn wall at third base and he was a big dude josh you you know that i'm sure you saw him in the box a few times i don't know if he did or didn't um but big dude and to to move the way he moved at third base man he was he he made your life easier like i said a rookie to come up and scott Rowland is your third baseman and the the career that he had um hopefully one day we see him in too yeah it's a lot of different things what goes on with the veterans committee what's going to happen <clears throat> and like, yeah, the, the talk of like, oh, who did, who didn't get in? It's like, oh, let's celebrate the people we do know. Uh, you guys have personal interactions with them. And Poppy's also a player who, I've told Ricky on the side, like, when you play in big markets, you get treated a certain way. And you play in Boston, and remember the speech he gave after the Boston bombing, and, you know, this yeah. is my fucking town, all that other stuff. And it goes a long way. Uh, you know, there was some tweets also like, oh, so if you're nice to the media, they get you in? Well, I part think, of it. Yeah, part of it. You got to play the game. Well, if you if you're an asshole but, to the media, you're not getting in. Ask Jeff Kent. Yeah. yeah. But let, let me ask you this, Beto. Let me ask you this. Let's say you had a vote, though. What do you really, like, you, know, knowing who you are, would you hold that against a player? Not me. But I do know that a lot of writers, and the Hall of Fame is elected by the Baseball Writers Association, not the broadcasters. So, like, Joe Buck doesn't have a vote. Not the GMs, not the – like, none of that. It's – all members of the Baseball Writers Association. And once you're in the Veterans or the Writers Association, if you cover the major leagues for 10 years on a beat, you have a lifetime vote. So it doesn't get taken away from you. So you have some okay. guys, like, for example, <clears throat> Dan Levitard was a writer for the Miami Herald, uh, the radio host now who was on ESPN. Uh, and yeah. Levitard a couple years ago even said, I'll sell my vote because it was such a joke what he thought because there's guys voting on the Hall of Fame who haven't covered a baseball game in 20-something years, guys that are retired. And so that's who's making the decisions. It's not the young writers. So, like, like for example, some of the beat writers that are out there right now that see the game day to day to day, they don't have a vote because they're young. So it's the uh, the veteran ones, the vested ones, that have that vote. So, so that's why you start seeing why do guys all of a sudden get more votes towards the end of their time on the ballot? Because some of those guys become eligible, guys that covered them a little bit. So Levitard famously did it a couple years ago. He said, I'll sell my vote to Deadspin. And he did whatever they told him to do because he was he was also being a rebel against it. But just kind of bringing out the how some guys will have a vote and they'll leave it empty. Right? Because that's their voice of protest of like, that was the steroid era. Well, it's like, come on, man. Like, these guys did something to earn it. Like, somebody on that ballot earned something. Like, don't just leave it blank. That's just a waste of a vote because you want to show that you're high and mighty about certain things. So a lot of the writers are very petty. Uh, a lot of the writers hold grudges. And Which it's not fair. Like no, it shouldn't be like that. But that's... But that's in every business too, like you know Hollywood and Oscars and everything else. So I don't. That's why me, Rick, and you know this. I don't get along with a lot of the writers because I call them out on the BS a lot of stuff, and they're like, "Oh, you're just a TV guy." But I was like, "Dude, you have a responsibility as a guy like myself who loves baseball." Yeah, you can go and say they were played in a steroid era, but you gotta admit these guys were putting up something. They were doing something. And David Ortiz is also a guy who was involved. The names there, 
And all of a sudden, he's first ballot? How come he gets it and other guys don't? Bob Costas did the best piece about Bonds and Columbus. Not to get on the subject, but I'm just <laughs> going to leave you with this. Bob Costas did a great piece on the network about if if we called the, the height of the steroid era, what, like 97, I think, 98 yeah. maybe? We'll call that like the pinnacle of it. If you took Bonds and Clemens from the day they got to the big leagues to that moment, would have given them 10 years in the major leagues or yeah. so? And if they retired at that moment, they would have been first ballot Hall of Famers. And yeah. that's I'm, right there with them. Yeah, it's it's interesting yeah. that the base well, can go back and forth. And I know I sent you that tweet that, that Will Middlebrooks tweeted out yep. saying if, if – so if Bonds doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, then why why are his records celebrated? So why is that the 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 home run record still talked about in MLB? Yeah. You know, if you don't care about the guy. If you don't want to put him in the Hall of Fame, why are we still worshiping his records? Like, you know, it, it, and a hitter is going to be like, damn, nobody's ever going to touch uh, Barry Bonds. That's the name that comes up. Nobody else is. So why do we keep talking about it on MLB and this and that? He's yeah. still part of all that. Um, and and not elect them. I mean, there. I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about it, and and you know, with cheat the, the cheating and and, and, and all and, that. And, and Barry was a jerk to everybody, to everybody, and, and he didn't care. And, and, and again, I feel like that that to me is just stupid. Like yeah. like like Steph Kent, you know, he he wasn't nice to the media, but it it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be how nice of a guy he is or no. he isn't. What he did in the field is what matters, and all of him should. Out, but obviously it's put into this whole different thing yeah. about who was nice to do and yeah. I think that part of there was a Doug Glanville had an excellent piece yesterday I read that. yeah and Doug of course superb uh, writer uh, he's a professor at University of Pennsylvania he were his alma mater and he wrote about how he played against Bonds and in that era and you know he could have easily done it but he didn't so it's just you go and check that out and he was very well reasoned why he doesn't yeah. believe that Bonds is in there, so it's uh, it, it had nothing to do with personal. It's like this is you, what's going on, and it's interesting how you view it. But then again, a lot of the baseball media, and I'll say it right now, a bunch of old white guys, like they talk about Springsteen, and that's what they know. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, bro. And it's it's an interesting dynamic of how it goes and who gets in and whatnot. Like A Rod, for example, you know, he burned a lot of bridges. He had different things and. He's not even somebody you talk about. And look at the numbers he had, as you would say, totally back to your point, before he got busted, right? Like, crazy. Yeah. The stuff yeah, that goes yeah. back and forth. Oh, man, look, we had a professional baseball talk right there. See, see, we could do that, too. We went from getting yelled at by a guy in a football helmet to having Hall of Fame discussion. All right, the second one on here, it's January, February now, and the Serie de Caribe is going on in the Dominican Republic. And, of course, you know, we are the show that's going to bring this up because Tolly is a legend in Venezuela. Ricky never played in uh, winter ball, but you wish he had. But the passion that you hear, I want you guys to hear this one, this home run call by Juan Angel Avila, who uh, used to be the Padres Spanish radio announcer. He's calling the games for Mexico. They're playing against Panama. And let's, let's just hear this home run call. Y aún así, con una victoria, fuerte batazo, está conectando Quiroz hacia Jardín Derecho. La pelota va volando lejos, para atrás la bola, para atrás, para atrás. Para la calle Esteban Quiroz, 2 a 0 México inmediatamente. 2 a 0 la primera entrada sobre Puerto Rico. There you go, so Charles is playing. You love that call, Juan Ángel. The guy who hit the home run, his name is Pony Quiroz. Just like Pony, right? P-O-N-I-I. Pony Quiroz, he's in the Tampa Bay organization. He's a 29-year-old infielder, listed generously at five foot six. So that's why his nickname is 
Pony. Like, only Mexicans give you the worst nicknames possible just to mess with the best. Or the best. Or the best. <laughs> so that was Pony Quiro. So Mexico was playing against the Dominican Republic, uh, uh, Panama yesterday. And here's how the game, uh, look, look at the guy I'm going to show you guys right now. The pitcher for Mexico is a guy named Nick Struck. And if you're watching us on YouTube, I'm showing you his baseball reference on the side. Guy went five and two thirds, five hits, struck out two. Nick Struck was drafted in the 39th round, a kid from Oregon. He turned pro in 2010. He's played for teams in Daytona, Peoria, Iowa, Tennessee, Mesa, Albuquerque, Chattanooga, Long Island, Independent Ball, Mazatlan, Monterrey, uh, Monterrey, and now he's playing in, in uh, for the Charros in Mexico in 2021. And this brings me up to this uh, about how guys can go and have a professional career, but you don't necessarily have to get to the big leagues to live that dream of being a pro, right? Right, Tolly? As long as you have that uniform on, you're a pro. And a guy like Nick Struck, who I've never heard of, but is just now dominating and doing work in a Mexican uniform. Do you remember guys like that, Tolly? Yeah. There, I mean, I mean, and I, I use a guy in particular, like Josh Kroger. I, 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 he's, he has yeah. major league service time. But Josh Kroger, you guys think I'm a legend in Venezuela? This guy was like, he had made his career being a Venezuelan winter ball legend. Like, if what's you his ask, name again? Josh what? Josh, Josh Kroger. Okay. La Pesadilla. <laughs> I heard he's big time down there, dude. Like, I've never seen anything like it. So to, to Beto's point about Nick Strzok, like, absolutely. You can make a name for yourself and put yourself right back on the map to, twofold, right? Like, you can go down and just enjoy your life down there and make some cash doing it and live the professional baseball career or you have this opportunity where like you deal and you're successful and you've matured and your stuff got better like you, you might get another shot at back at affiliated baseball dude but, but you know what i think that the to that point a lot of guys get comfortable out there and they're like why am i gonna go ride buses in single a double a where i have no yeah. like i have no control of where i'm gonna be or stay here in mexico make triple the pay and continue to be the legend that i am yeah, that's right and i think you're i think you're seeing that that's what's happening with the independent with the atlantic league right players are saying or going over to korea we're seeing a lot of like 4a guys going over to korea right now because of that reason alone they're saying i when you get in control of a like into a farm system right it's hard because you're at their becking call like you have zero say you can have your agent call till call the front office or call the farm director and nothing will happen nothing may happen like when you go down there there's one focus and that's to win ball games and that's the bottom line and i think guys Guys feed on that more than going into minor league baseball and just being a number, being a stat, or being whatever. They yeah. they want they want an opportunity to go win. That's pretty yeah. so and, and that's and that's and, and 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 it's true what Josh is saying. They they every team down there has one goal: win, win or yeah. the, the manager fire. There's more manager firings than there is that I've ever seen in my life. Every every week there's a manager that gets fired. There, if you don't perform, yeah. there's guys that get sent out and, and and stuff like that you hear all, about all that i i saw it a little bit in tj um a guy 
the manager that was there when when uh, I ended up leaving early, but the manager that was there wins the championship the next in the off season, or he comes back next season. They get up to a rough start. They fire him. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's just it's it's very cutthroat. But I feel like like you said, Josh. I think a lot of guys enjoy that part of it, like that you have to win and it's win now. And and you put up numbers, you get a chance to get traded and and stuff like yeah. that. Be careful with the, with the stuff that you sign because uh, yeah. it, it gets shady. But um, but I I feel like a lot of I, I again I didn't play winter ball. Josh did, and I feel like there's a completely different dynamic when it comes to winter ball because okay. you got to win, and, and there's so much passion in those in those countries in Venezuela, in in the Dominican, and in, in Mexico. Um, there's yeah. so much passion, so much work that goes into that that they put these teams together with with guys from the U.S. that it's win now yeah well and, robinson and, yeah. cano is playing for the dominican right now like you look at some of the names out there and i thought i got to see it live a couple years ago in guadalajara for the world uh, uh the Caribe, where i'm watching the dominican play puerto rico in mexico i'm like ain't nobody gonna be here what a party great atmosphere yeah. you know and it is fantastic so your boy la pesadilla nicknamed the nightmare known for his clutch hitting uh in his wikipedia mvp the Caribe's de Anostegui in the 2010 season. His surname, the fictional character, Freddy Krueger. They they would call him Freddy Krueger down there, also in Venezuela. Yeah. And it's just like, I, because I've been paying attention to the games um, and watching them, like, damn, like, this is just crazy. If people could just understand it. And I've told Ricky, I've always wanted to do a broadcast of the Mexican League, but in English, where we know who these guys are. Imagine Nick Struck, a kid from Oregon, or there's some of the kids that I've seen, like, uh, they're closer yesterday. Uh, he's from Brawley. I'm pretty sure Sergio Romo knows him, like pitching for Mexico. So it's just been pretty cool to see that. You know, if you can watch baseball that matters, it's just always fun. We should do that. Yeah. Hey, I, I think that would be awesome. I, Beto, do some legwork because I'm sure there's no, like, there's, oh, no there's nobody doing it. MLB Network tried to do that. Uh, Robert Flores did. They did a couple of Dominican games, but you got to work with it. And uh, I'll, I'll leave it at this, Tolly. Mexico. <laughs> yeah. no, All right. Got it. Oh, go ahead, Rick. No, it's true. It's true. I, I would love to do it too because there's a lot of interesting stories. As we heard of one of them, Manny Beretta, right? I mean, yeah. he, a him, guy who's played in Mexico, the winter ball, summer league, and then he gets one crack at it, makes it to the big leagues with the Orioles, all that good stuff. Um, if you get a chance, listen to that episode. But again, you, you see a lot of stories, a lot of guys who were successful in the big leagues that go over there and, and play in the summer. Uh, especially in Mexico, because that's the only summer ball team that that other than the Korean and the Japanese leagues where guys go. But there's a lot of guys down there that you're just like, wait, what? He's here? Yeah. Wait, what? He's here? What is he doing here? You know, this guy spent 10 years in the big leagues or 12 years in the big leagues, and they're still doing it. They're still doing it for the love of the game. And and I think that's the that's what it comes down to. They they just love playing baseball. Get the arm ready, Luke, Ricky. You get, you can throw in your like. Rosho Ramirez is still pitching in his forty five, whatever he is. Yeah, keep on going. Ricky, get, get your arm right. Me and Beto will go down there and call the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I, I, if if I get down there, I want you calling the real game. Oh, Tony's catching. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> now, now that's a lot to ask. Come on. <laughs> oh. T- <laughs> That was a quick note from Tony. All right, final thing here. Every single week, we're going to bring you a piece of audio, baseball-related, that we're going to have some fun with. Last week, it was the scene from Bull Durham where a lollygaggers, and people really loved it. We even had a, a little graphic that had us uh, in the shower scene, lollygaggers, right? Well, last week, by request, Tony asked for Kurt Bivakwa. 
And people are like, who the hell is Kurt Bivakwa? It was like early 80s something. So I found this one. Now, Kurt Bivakwa was a light-hitting infielder, I think. Uh, but I found this rant from Tom Minnesota. Once again, if you have kids in the car, uh, tell them to put their iPad on or something. But don't listen to this one. So I'm going to set it up right here. In 1982, Tom Dean was fined $500 for beating Joe Lefebvre of the Padres. Right. The next day, Lefebvre's teammate, Kurt Bobakwa, quoted in the papers as saying that the guy that should have been fined was the one who ordered Niedenfuhr to throw at Joe. The fat little Italian. <laughs> Reporters asked Lasorda about Bobakwa's comment, and here's Tommy Lasorda. Tell you what I think about it. I think that is very, very bad. For that man to make an accusation like that, that is terrible. I have never, ever, since I've managed, ever told a pitcher to throw at anybody, nor will I ever. And if I ever did, I certainly wouldn't make him throw at a fucking 130 hitter like Lafay or fucking Bavacqua, who couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat. And I guarantee fucking to you this, when I pitched, and I was going to pitch against a fucking team that had guys on it like Babakwa, I sent a fucking limousine to get the cocksucker to make sure he was in the motherfucking lineup because I kicked that cocksucker's ass any fucking day in a week. <laughs> He's a fucking motherfucking big mouth, I'll tell you that. <laughs> God, I didn't know there was that many bad words in there. Boy, we're going to get yeah. Heard that before? Tommy Lasorda and Kurt Bavacqua. Yeah, that's you don't hear it that often. Like I yeah. said, we apologize for the language. Uh, if you have kids in the car, yeah. but my goodness, so Tommy Lasorda would go on rant, and we wouldn't, we won't hear that anymore. But that was by request of Josh Tolley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, and knowing Tommy just a little bit that I got to know him the arrows with the Dodgers, like that is who, that is who Tommy was. Tommy was that. He was that animated, and I caught him at the end. You could imagine when he was a he was a little chipper young fella. That's uh, that's about what you got, I would imagine. Tommy Lasorda, wow, that was I aggressive. I remember we were Team USA in college, and we went to Japan for for an exhibition series, and we got absolutely destroyed. We come back from Japan, land at LAX, have a luncheon with him as special guest, dude. He aired us out the whole time. You guys are embarrassing. How do you go over there? You guys are the best players in the country. What an embarrassment you guys are to Team USA. And I was like, Whoa. Yeah. what's going on right now? Like, we got chewed out for getting smoked by the Japanese team in, in, in Japan by Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, I think the, the luncheon was at LMU, if I'm not mistaken. And he laid into us he's like when you guys go because we were going to taiwan we came back for some exhibition games into the u.s and then we're heading back to taiwan and he's like if you guys don't win a gold medal don't come back <laughs> <laughs> I love he, it. The gold back. <laughs> yeah. he uh he, he went to, he also won the gold medal at the 2000 olympics for a team that wasn't supposed to do it he managed it and he motivated. He's like, I remember him telling stories about how it was the worst team ever, but he managed it and he, he motivated them and just yeah, business yeah. and that. Where's the USA? We don't lose the other teams in baseball. Like that was his uh, speech too. So that was Kurt Pavakwa. So if you have a chance, he was a light hitting uh, 
infielder and the, the line about I'll send a fucking limo to get him. That's the best. The best. <laughs> yeah, I want to know how many pitchers send limos to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was there was such a difference between him and uh and uh you remember Beto, um legendary coach at USC Rod Dato. Yeah, well and they were best friends. He was a complete opposite though, man. I feel like he was hey, tired. Very, yeah, yeah, like very more quiet and would take the time to talk to you and stuff like like where where Tommy was like yeah. like he was ready to tackle your ass, you yeah. know. Bavacqua hit 236 in his career, 27 homers. Uh he but he, his thing was he batted 412 in the 1984 World Series. He hit two home runs. He was a Padres DH. How can we get that guy on the podcast? Bavacqua, he's uh lives in Miami Beach, Florida. He's 75 years old. Uh, yeah, pretty sure. And if you go on his Wikipedia, there's that. It, it's, it's all the teams that he talked about, and then there's something about Tommy Lasorda. So feuds and brawl. So Bavaco was known to have a feud with Dodgers manager Tommy Lasorda uh, back and forth. Oh, by the way, that fine was for $500 back in the day that needed for your head. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, that was it right there. So there you go. The 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 the, the audio version for you every single week will bring you a different one. I went. I, I have fun doing it because I found some beauties that we're going to have for the show. All right, now we're going to wrap up the show. It is time now for the new feature that people love. Uh, once again, you don't forget it. I've told everybody at the beginning of the show, cover your kids' ears. Go for it, totally. It is now time for – we're going to have music for you eventually. We're going to have a little jingle and everything. I had some guy making something up. Well, you want some, like, hardcore music, right? Like No, Bubble Butt. That's that's my walkout song. Bubble Butt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. It is now time. For totally time. All right, so I'm going to start today with, I understand that I'm the coach of my my son's travel team, but one thing I am tired of is daddy baseball. It's all <laughs> over the country. It's daddy ball, daddy ball, daddy ball. Daddy's, their kid plays the shortstop. Their kid hits third. I want no more daddy ball in youth sports. We have to find a way as a group to get these kids, like what I'm going to call some real coaching. Right. I've had enough of the dads telling me how good their player is, where he's going to college. I am done with it. I'm in that industry right now and I will do it no longer. No more daddy ball the rest of the time. If you're associated with me right now, 44 seconds. That's all I need it. Point across. I'm done with it. Daddy ball, daddy ball. Oh, my kids have asked. I hear it every day. I can't do it anymore. Hey, little Tom, Johnny, man. yeah. Little Johnny. How old is so your kid? Good. Tony, how old is your he's kid? Ten. He's 10. <laughs> you got a long way to go, bro. I mean, I, I, I mean I, what is wrong with people, man? Like, what is, like, dude, we're talking about nine year old kids, eight year old kids. I hear every single day, every time I give a lesson, is how good the kid is. I said, uh. a friend of the game is part of the Hermosa Beach uh, baseball committee. And he saw me the other day. He's like, hey, man. What, what, uh, would you be interested in doing like a, like a little seminar for, for our coaches? Some of our coaches have never coached this and that. And I was like, 100%, let's do it. And he's like, what would you focus on? Fundamentals. That's it. Fundamentals from when you start playing, you pick up a ball all the way to the big leagues. It's always about fundamentals. Like we get so caught up in velocity and doing this and doing that fundamentals, watch your kid doing this and keep it simple. And that's it. He's like, Really? Yeah. That's it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, 
what, what, like, you know, and, and, and I'm still not at that, that place where you're at right now, Josh. My kid's only six years old, but I, I'm sure I see it coming. And, and, and once they, it almost seems like your, your, your big league experience is a little bit discredited if their kid is already being seen by like, you know, UCLA or USC or Miami yeah. University. Hey, I have some buddies that are in the college ranks and I've sent them like videos of some players and they write back, maybe they should go to a JUCO. Like I'm talking <laughs> about like power five schools, but it's like, maybe they should go to a JUCO and that's okay. Maybe you should yeah. go to a JUCO, but I, you, and it's not only here. I, I have buddies all over the place. I have friends huh. in Boston that do lessons. They deal with the same shit. Like we got a, one of, one of my buddies has a 13 year old. He, he doesn't have a 13-year-old kid, but he gives lessons to a 13-year-old kid. And they're talking about going to Texas for this thing. They're talking about doing this at at the uh, University of Tennessee. It's like, yo, y'all aren't even close, Dad. Like, okay, go drive five hours to go play travel baseball if you think that helps. Like, that might help. It might not help. But, like, at some point, you got to be realistic when you come in regards to these type of things, right? Like, the, the parents – and I, I don't think my dad was like this because my dad was uh, my dad was hard on me. But I don't think he would ever say, like, oh, Josh is going to go to X, Y, and Z. No, it was – we worked. We worked. Like, everybody wants everything handed to them. you got to work. You can't just have everything handed to you. Hmm. I miss yeah, the days of dads and getting drunk in the bleachers and just yelling at you. Yeah, that's well, what that's I'm saying. <laughs> go up to the concession stand, dude, and just zip it up. Let us coach. That's, that's what it was all about. It, it really was all about work. And, and – yeah. My dad called in me early on, like, hey, he didn't know anything about the big leagues. He didn't know anything about D1 baseball, but he wanted right. me to be the best where 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 I was at in my stage in my career, in my in my life, in, in T or not in T ball. And when I got to high school and, and, and before high school, leading up to high school, he just wanted me to be the best. And I'll tell you what, man, and, and I'm sure you did too, Josh, but um there was so much hate sometimes um from other parents about the work that I was doing. Um, it was always this, I'll never forget it. Now, I won't say his name because I really don't like him. But his dad was always like, oh, yeah, there's a scout that's going to come and watch so-and-so. There's a scout that's going to come and watch so-and-so. Like, oh, yeah, like my son's better than than uh, than, than Ricky, you know, and, and this and that. And when I made it to the big leagues, it, I caught wind of it. This dad was saying, you, if you guys only knew that my son was better than Ricky when, when they were younger. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Okay, like, yeah. like, stay there. Like, you know, you, you decided, your son decided not to get better every single day. And that's why he never, high school was the pinnacle of his career, you know? And, and that's right. And, 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 and Rick, like, this is the difference, right? Like, you worked, I worked, that's what we did. Now everybody wants, like, the, not the handout, the handout's the wrong word, but like, they want you to, like, I, I don't know, they, they, they confide in you for confirmation. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you don't give them the right confirmation, they're like, well, you're horseshit. Actually, we're good. <clears throat> right. But it's yeah. like, dude, there's th th this is a total package. I just don't, to me, I don't understand the whole, my eighth grade kid is already going to UCLA. I don't understand that. You know, Josh, in three years or four years from your eighth grade year to your senior year of high school, you, you either get shittier. Or you get yeah. a lot better every single year, you know. And 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 you can get go from you're, you're the top guy at eighth grade, ninth grade comes you don't you don't produce ten. 
but how how are these schools handing out scholarship is what I don't understand because I was a late signee at Cal State Fullerton. I didn't sign until like yeah. June and, and classes started in September. Like, so I'm like, I would have no chance in today's game because I was a senior that, that didn't know where he was going. And, and I don't understand that. I still don't understand that whole process that they're looking forward to the class of 2026. Like yeah. that's a, that's a Mike Nickius conversation because he was a recruiting guy at Georgia tech for a long time. Yeah. And, yeah. and, can, and just yeah. in, in the game of baseball, maybe football, basketball, it's a little different. Um, some, some of those guys are just freak athletes, but in baseball, yeah. I feel like, you can easily get exposed, you know, as you move along from ninth to tenth grade, tenth grade to eleventh to twelfth grade, and 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 then you get to 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 university, and you're like, wait, this was the eighth grade kid that we brought, that we signed, like, oof, he's not as good, you know. What do you think? The little bit I've been told, like uh, from Valenzuela, the head coach of Long Beach State, he said a lot of it is you're offering the kids who are in ninth grade, they're like the Team USA stud guys, stud guys, the ones that are projected, but they're not allowed to sign until their senior year. So a lot of it is just playing of like, okay, Oregon offered, well, UCLA's got offered. A lot of that is that jockeying kind of thing. And yeah. also it's it's a lot of gamesmanship between, from what, the little bit that I've been told from recruiting people, like how you do it. And it's you're hoping that the kid projects, but then they come senior year and it's like, yeah, that scholarship offer, maybe not quite there anymore because you didn't grow. But then a lot of the kids, like you could tell, it is crazy. Like the circuit, the world, that's, that's another conversation for another yeah. day. Uh, but that'd be great if we could get somebody who actually knows that world. To yeah, hear. he knows. Because I, he tell, knows. I tell everybody, listen to our podcast. And if you're listening to two former major leaguers that are telling you how to do it, and how they did it, and how it's okay to go and play other sports. It's okay to ride a bike. It's okay to sled. You don't have to play it, every tournament. It, I think it worked out okay for you guys. And it's okay to suck too. Everyone yes. thinks that, like, like everyone thinks that in baseball, oh, you should get a hit every day. You should, <laughs> you should throw a shot every day. It's okay to suck. It's okay to get your ass kicked. That's where you learn. I feel like, and we get so caught yeah. up in results and so caught up in, oh, like you know. My kid is the best. He shouldn't fail. Well, shit. If he doesn't fail when it when it when he really fails, he's not gonna know how to react to it. And and and, right. and that's game. I failed. I failed in two thousand six for the first time in my life. When I was in professional baseball, tried navigating that shit. Yeah. Right. I was a stud in high school. This is what you did. You just hit. I hit. I hit. I hit. You're supposed Got to my be. First, right. My first year in pro ball, I hit enough. Like I hit. I never really hit a skid. My second year in pro ball, I hit my first 0 for 15 and had no idea what to do. So go <laughs> fail now while you can. Like, yeah. And but, but then it goes back. It goes back to daddy ball, though, right? <laughs> daddy ball is th- the problems that's going to happen is daddy's going to say, oh, no, little we'll use a pitcher, for example, because I hear this all the time. Oh, the defense didn't make the plays behind you. They always point the finger at somebody else because it's not your fault, kid. Same thing, like, oh, the umpire screwed you. Like, no, that's daddy ball. No more. Like, you have to be honest. You have to be honest with these kids. You have to say, hey, it's okay that you suck right now. It's okay. Here's how you get out of it. And I'm trying. I'm trying my damnedest. And I got a great great group of kids on my team and the ones I do lessons with. Awesome group of kids. I'm very fortunate. But there's I I, I have heard and seen, and it's been kind of a talk amongst friends of mine that are all in the same industry. And today was my blow up. Oh, today. No, and it's, and it's <laughs> true. A lot of it is on the parents. You know, we, yeah. I, I, 
well, you know what I hate hearing um, when people are like, oh, today's kids are soft. No, man. No, you, you as a parent have that responsibility. You have a responsibility to make sure you teach them, you know, what's right and what's wrong and, 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 and to lift them up when, when they fail, you know, and, and say, hey, it's okay. This is, this is what part of this is. This is baseball. This is, this is what it's all about. But if you're like literally beating a kid down for no reason or making excuses for him, well, guess what? When, when, when push comes to shove, he's going to be the kid that probably doesn't know how to, you know, react to failure. And, and, oh. and next thing you know, you're calling them soft. Well, no, it falls on you as a parent. And I feel like this is where Bethel does a good job with Mateo. You know, Mateo is playing basketball at, at one of the best high schools in Southern California. And 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 Bethel, he's hard. He, he shows no sympathy. Why? Because he he's like, hey, if you're work, I understand if you're working and you miss a shot, it's okay. But if you didn't work on that shot and you missed it, then hey, it's on you, you know, and you need to you need to be better. And that's holding your kids accountable, holding them accountable. Yeah. And I, that's why I feel like Mateo is a great kid, man. Like yeah. he, he knows what he's got to do, but but you stay on him, Beto, and you let yeah, him know well, like, hey. The thing with my kid is I'm not being that jerk dad of like, oh, <clears throat> my kid sucks. He's good. He just decided to go to a high school where his teammates are six, seven, six, eight, and they're going, they're the ones who are getting recruited in eighth grade because they're monsters. And when he right. entered high school, he's like, I want to play in college. I'm like, all right, let's be realistic. You're not going to go to SC or UCLA to play, but – we can find a good D2, D3 for you to play at. And his playing time is very limited right now. And I'm like, cool. So you're not playing. Quit. You're like, well, I'm not going to do that. But then transfer. Well, I'm not going to do that. Then get your ass up tomorrow morning at 5 and go work out. Lift weights. Yeah. You're 6'1", 140, bro. Like, nobody's looking at you. Your job is to make sure your grades are really good. So yeah. when some of the parents are like, not his team, but like just in general in the AEU world, it's like, oh, he's the, the coach is doing this. We're going to go find this team. I'm like, you know what? Eventually, you got to face your problems. And I've told Mattel this. Like, I got turned down for so many damn jobs. I get replaced by so many people. I get fired all the time and deal with it. That's the beauty of team sports is you learn how to deal with adversity. You learn how to deal mm-hmm. with failure. Like, a lot of kids, and I'm, I know I'm sounding like the preacher, but a lot of parents, especially right now, and Ricky and I agree with you 100%, the parents are the ones that are soft. Their kid is dealing with failure. Oh, let's go put them on a team that's stacked, that wins a championship, and they get rings at 10 years old. Why? Yep. It's it's okay to be 5 and 15 and play and realize that when you're getting your ass kicked, you got to fight back, and that's what you really learn about yourself. What, what really are you going to do with rings? Like, come on, man. Like, you see the 10-year-old kids, 11-year-old kids, like, with, with their fingers full of rings? Like, Okay. It's so the mom can put it on Instagram. My son won this tournament this weekend. Well, they, there's no develop. There's no development for kids, right? Like when I was when I was young, I had I had good coaching, and yes, my dad coached me in the little league. But when push came to shove, and I got to a certain age, it was like, no, here's your coach, and it was a guy that had credibility, and it was all about developing you as a player. Like my dad didn't teach me how to hit the cutoff man or what what that was supposed to look like. But I'll tell you this. My the coach who was not daddy ball taught us all of that, and there's something to be said. We had three kids go to professional, go to professional baseball out of that. So from a small, I'll I'll tell a funny story really quick. Um, when the the summer before I headed to Cal State Fullerton, um, there was a few Turner was one of the kids uh, that was that was playing on that team. There was like three or four dudes that were going to Cal State Fullerton. and Coach Vanderhoek, Rick Vanderhoek's brother was the head coach of that team, the Long Beach Cardinals. I'm sure you remember them, Beto. I'm not sure. Yeah, was they it were, uh, Connie Mack, right? Mack, yes. 
And um, and I remember they invite that they're like, hey man, this would be a good time for you to maybe meet some of the guys that that you're gonna that you're gonna play with. There was other dudes from like you know USC commits and dude, we had it, we had it all. Like they, these dudes were studs. So I come out. My first game, they throw me out to pitch, and I walked the house, dude. I, I couldn't throw a strike. I was so nervous. I had never really been out of my that little element of the East L.A. community where I had dominated all those years. And I head there, and I can't throw a strike. I embarrass myself. So after the game, I tell my dad, I'm like, Dad, I don't want to come back here. He's like, bullshit. He's like, you committed. You committed to coming here, and you're going to come here next game. And I was like, well, no. Like, I just embarrassed my. He's like, I don't care. You're going back out there. You know what to do. You know how to, you know how to throw strikes. You're gonna be, you're gonna be fine. Sure enough, next thing you know, they put me in the clinching game, go to the World Series, and I come in and and shut shut the door, and we go to the World Series and we win it, dude. And I was one of the main pitchers. It's crazy. Just the the little bit of uh, confidence that my dad gave me, saying you're gonna be fine. Like it's okay to fail. That gave me confidence into into that, and then it, it kind of catapult me into into Cal State Fullerton and I had to deal with challenges there obviously that I've talked about before and then like like Josh said when you get to pro ball it's a completely different beast failed there too you know but who was there to pick me up my pops man every time hey you want to come home all right it's time for you to find a job oh no no no, dad I'll stay here hey isn't it crazy isn't it crazy to think like a daddy ball rant turned into like this conversation right yeah. of like the importance of failure and all of that i i think it's i think that's fascinating this is why yeah. i um that's why i like doing the podcast with you guys because i always learn something new and like i once again i never got past high school right <clears throat> but i've been around the elite best athletes in the world in whatever respective sport and when you talk to them and just like how i love picking your brains it's never about what tournament they won you guys always talk about your adversity. You always talk about how you turned your adversity into something personal and you made it better. Like you've never once ever said, I won this tournament when I was 12, I wasn't there. Josh, I don't know how many times you bring up the fact that you sucked for that year. Ricky, you talk about your struggles in AA and I've never heard you guys talk about your accolades because- I don't even what, remember what tournament I played in when I was 12. But, <laughs> but that's my point. It's Without failure and without adversity, you don't get there. I went 0 for 22 right. trying to get a TV job in my 20s. And I was like, fuck, maybe I should just do radio because nobody wants to hire me to do TV. I never quit on it. It kept going. But whenever you would talk to, you know, Phil Jackson, I loved hearing his, his just talks about life in general, about this or Greg Popovich when they're talking about non-basketball stuff. That's why I get mad at my friends who are pushing their kids so much. And I don't, I don't tell them this. I'm like, you don't need to be flying your kid across the country for a showcase at 12. Like, it, you don't need to do that because you don't, as I tell my son, our goal isn't to be the best 11th grader. It's to be the best student right now. So your punk ass gets into a college that I don't have to pay that much for. Like, that's what it's for. It's about learning how to be a grown up and learning how to figure things out on your own. And, and, you, know, and you know what? I, I think, like you said, his, his minutes are limited. But, dude, the fact that he goes, gets to go compete with those guys at practice is going to make him that much better. Yeah, you know, and it's all obviously it's all on him, like and how hard he's going, and and if he's pushing himself, it you're not there to hold his hand either, Beto. You you oh. can just give him the advice that you do that you do give him, but dude, it, 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 I feel like it makes you better, you know, when, when you're around guys like that, and 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 I told you about you know Anthony Hoya being at Cal State Fullerton, yeah. how it's it's different for him. It was different for me too when I stepped foot in that school. I had never seen so many white people, you know. It was just yeah. completely different. 
now you're competing against these dudes and you hear about these dudes on baseball america some of these dudes come up on the they come out on the on the front page of baseball america and you're like whoa like now i'm facing him you know like <laughs> and and you're trying to like every there's so many types of emotions that go through you um for me you know like i said from where i came from but it made me better dude i, I never shied away from it and i think where it came out for me was my my sophomore year when i was told i wasn't good enough to pitch at cal state fullerton and i said you know what fuck that i i'm plenty i'm plenty good enough i came here for a reason and you know yeah. and i did what i had to do and i and i proved to everyone that i could so there's just all these like you know we're, we're, this is where I, I i don't know uh i'm sure there's reasons behind this but coach Horton spoke on that uh, on our camp mm-hmm. though, about the tra- the transfer portal you know how he doesn't really agree with it because now kids can easily be like oh i'm playing I'm getting beat out by so and so. Okay, I'm I'm leaving somewhere where I'm going to play, you know. Yeah. And I and I get it. You only get college once, and some guys. I just feel like it's almost like I don't know. Would you Would you agree that it's kind of being abused right now? Like if you don't yeah. like somebody, or you just boom, see ya. Yeah, it's quick. It's quick to leave. And but then, as Tolly and Rick, you're going to learn this too when you get into that travel world, and that uh, club world. It's oh, my kid's not playing here. I'm gonna go find another team. I'm gonna find another team. That's good. And they play don't back let the door hit you in the ass. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Yeah, that's man. what I, I I'm in it. I'm in it a little bit right now. Right. At a smaller at a smaller scale. But dude, we're going to some bigger tournaments. And if it let me tell you, if one parent bitches about playing time. Hit the hit the road. What's I got again, no time for that. What's again, I'll develop them. I'll get them better. But the, the best team was the Bad News Bears because Buttermaker had a bunch of kids that were cleaning the pool for him and they're making him martinis. And he had no idea who the parents were. Like, did Kelly Leake have parents? No. Right? That fool's riding his motorcycle smoking a cigarette in the outfield, bro. That's the kind of kid you need on your team, Tolly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, I got to say this real quick before we wrap it up. I'm not on the Instagram world. I'm not, like, in the group text. But I have to say, I'm lobbying for some skis from my brother. And he's been listening to the podcast, a loyal listener. And I told him, he says, you give me a shout-out, you get the skis for oh, wait, free. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tolly, let's get you the solo shot. All right, here we go. Go for it. Jeremy, there is a shout out for you. Send the skis. You have the address. Done. <laughs> <laughs> they call that leveraging, baby. <laughs> well, Jeremy, we appreciate you listening. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. The stickers are coming. And if anybody out there is a graphic designer and knows how to get all creative, we need a logo for Tolly time. We need a picture of Tolly with a megaphone or something. Get creative. I want him to get a sticker that says Tolly time of Tolly ranting or whatever it is. Like somebody get creative uh, with the artwork out there for Tolly time sticker. Hey, maybe even a Tolly time hoodie. And, and yeah, before like we that. wrap it up, before we wrap it up, I want to give a huge shout out to Graham, our boy Graham. Oh yeah. Like Oregon, man. yeah. Yeah. That's so dope. I saw you post about him, Beto. That, that's, that's so cool, man. Good our intern him. Graham uh, is working. <laughs> I don't even remember him. Hell with Graham. <laughs> uh, Graham, whose dad, Gary, a professor of Lobby State, loyal listener. Uh, Graham, our, our intern from the past summer, uh, is working for Sports Illustrated the, on campus at Oregon, and he's covering the team. Yeah. yeah. Good for Graham. Give it, up. Give it up for Graham. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Good Graham for Graham. Metzger. Uh, covering the team, doing packages, looking smooth. Um, yeah. I remember when he used to text us back. Uh, I remember when he used to do promos for us. I remember when, uh, and when we he are, looked like he's sleeping. 
Yeah. And he would get on the podcast. And then just start chirping at you like, oh, well. Like... I know. <laughs> I didn't know the guy for five minutes and he's blowing my doors off. I met him once. <laughs> I and love I, it. Let's get I, him on the show as a guest one of these times just to say hi, then we'll get him off. He doesn't respond to text anymore. Oh, he's big time. TV yeah. guy. TV guy in Oregon, so congratulations. So once again, if you know us, you, you go on to good things. All right, we'll see you next week. Hey, let's work on trying to get uh, Nikius on for next Tuesday. Yeah. I want to pick his brain I'll, about baseball I'll and stuff like that. I'll, I'll, I'll text him right now. And there it is. And if you guys have a chance, uh, go and ask uh, Kurt Bavacqua what he thinks about Tommy Lasorda. And next week we'll have a, a – totally, any kind of preference for next week's uh, rant? No, I'm, I no. Uh, well, for my let's rant. see how this tournament goes. Let's see how this tournament goes. I really, I can't wait for next oh, Tuesday. Now you have a tournament this weekend? No, no tournament. Just practices. Oh, uh, oh, okay. oh, I think you had a tournament. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Sorry, just practices. All right, right Ricky. Remember next week to ask Tolly if any parents came up to him because you know they're listening. You know they're listening. <laughs> I'm getting texts right now. Is it my kid? Is it me? I'll <laughs> be in my city Rams gear. Um, so everyone tune in, I guess, if you want to see that, take pictures and, and blast I'm gonna put it a off. big, big, I'm going to pull up a big thing of salt and just put it right here just so throw salt all over that. So they get blown out in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Another edition of Let's Get Ricky Rowe with Josh Tolley. Ricky Romero brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast Network. Make sure you rate, subscribe, review, all that other stuff, and share it. And follow the Instagram at Let's Go Ricky Rowe. And if you're a graphic designer, get that totally time graphic going. We want to make some stickers and shirts for him. See you guys. Adios. See you. See you, boys.